Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is your Major League Baseball Playoffs Best Bets edition. I'm your host, MLB editor Colin Wichert, joined today by writers, analysts, and overall MLB experts, Sean Zarillo and BJ Cunningham. As a reminder, all odds today are courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Zarillo, BJ, you guys ready for the postseason or what? Very ready. I've been grinding my way along and betting teams like the Orioles, betting teams like the Diamondbacks, and I just can't wait to bet on good baseball teams who are meant to be playing baseball this late into the season. Yeah, we got to uh, flex a couple different muscles because I know me and Zarello have just been used to betting on those horrible teams all season long. So now we actually have to bet on good teams versus good teams. So it's going to be a little different for us, I guess. With good information. Yeah. Yeah, good team versus good team. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. We're going to start with the AL Wild Card game on Tuesday. It's at eight o seven p.m. Eastern on ESPN, and it's the greatest rivalry in baseball in a winner take all game. You couldn't really ask for anything more. I know we all wanted chaos. Game one sixty three, the underdogs like the Blue Jays and the Mariners for sure, but Yankees Red Sox in a winner-take-all game, can't beat it. We've got the Yankees as slight, minus 125 favorites. The Red Sox, the home team, the Red Sox, at plus 105, Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi. The total set at eight. BJ, I'm going to start with you, your Red Sox. What are you doing tomorrow night in the AL wildcard game? Well, uh, what's funny about tomorrow night is it's actually my 30th birthday. So oh. I, my, my favorite team, it's either going to be an amazing birthday or a horrible birthday. Um, but I, I kind of do like the Red Sox tomorrow night. I, I think the line is pretty much correct right now. I don't really project much value on it, but digging into Nathan Eovaldi, I mean, obviously everybody sees his last star where you have seven earned to the Yankees, but he's faced them in five other starts this season. He's given up less than two earned runs in all five of those starts, you know, 3.36 XERA this season. It's been kind of a dark horse for the Cy Young and the Red Sox offense doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. The addition of Kyle Schwarber has been amazing. He's hitting 291 and has a 413 weighted on base average since joining the Red Sox, along with Bogarts, um, Martinez, and Devers, who have all been incredibly hot over the second half of the season. It's a tough matchup for Gary Cole, but I think the Yankees are deserving favorites. Again, I don't really project much value, so I'm just going to sit back as a fan and kind of enjoy the game. Zerillo, how about you? Yeah, I have two bets on this game. I took first five for the Red Sox at plus money. It's since come down below. Uh, had them at about 51.5%, 52% for the first five innings. Kind of surprised me. But the difference in these teams is the bullpens. Uh, the Yankees, much better bullpen quality. Red Sox had some injuries. I believe they lost Whitlock recently. I'm not sure if he's coming back. Um, so they've they've just kind of gotten banged up. And Barnes really struggled in the second half. So project a much bigger difference in the bullpens. Make the Yankees full game favorites. But had the Red Red Sox is slight first five favorites. So if plus money pops up there again, I think that's certainly the side in terms of money line. Uh, and I took some over eight and a half as well. I think that's come down in some spots to eight. So I, I like that up to nine minus one Oh five. Nine is a key number in betting baseball. A lot of totals land on that number just because once the game gets to four, four, you obviously have to have another run. And that is a pretty common score. So uh, anything under, you know, nine minus one of five gets the eight of plus money or eight and a half of plus money. I would certainly hammer that too. Uh, just no, no word yet on umpires. Weather looks like it's going to be fairly neutral, kind of a cool night. So 
nothing to make me move the total yet other than the pure projection I have. But typically when you find good starting pitchers like this going up against each other, people don't want to bet the overs, which is why you find value betting on them. Um, and then just from a, a matchup perspective, this just interested me. I still make the, the Yankees the better team overall. But if they get to the next round and face Tampa, I actually give Boston a better chance based off of how the matchups work out of pulling off the upset. So definitely something to keep an eye on because the Red Sox, I think, have a, about a 1% edge over the Yankees in terms of pulling the upset on Tampa. For sure. I think the, the one thing you touched on there that I found really interesting is the bullpens because that's the one edge where I think the Yankees definitely have an advantage. But the other thing about these wild card games is that the managers are going to be under such scrutiny. And I know if you talk to Yankees fans, Red Sox fans, they'll all have their opinions on Aaron Boone. I think with Yankees fans, it's going to be more negative about Aaron Boone. And I do think Alex Cora is probably a better strategic manager than Boone. And that's what makes the bullpen game so interesting is, yes, the Yankees have much better arms there. But is Boone going to pull all the right strings to make it happen? I like the over here as well mostly because I think even if Cole and Uvalde perform like they're expected to, we're going to get into these bullpens and it's just going to be a, a mess. Are they going to overthink themselves, start to use starting pitchers? We're going to see like Jordan Montgomery in relief if if Cole gets into trouble. It's, it's an interesting question, um, especially with these winner-take-all games about pitcher usage, bullpen usage, especially when that's kind of the, the biggest – difference in these games what do you think yeah i completely agree and uh, honestly i want to throw it back to you do you think aaron boone gets fired if they lose this game Ooh, i wish there were odds for that <laughs> i don't think so he made the playoffs i know there, there's there's such high expectations in new york um but i i think he sticks around i don't think i actually think that Boone gets sort of a bad rap depending on or compared to to how good of a manager he is. Um, it's so hard to quantify these things with managers, obviously, but it's it's one of those grass is always greener thing. It's like, yeah, you could imagine a scenario where the Yankees could find a manager who's a better in-game tactician than Aaron Boone. But who is that guy? <laughs> you know, yeah, who's um, the big name out there they could get that would replace Aaron Boone? Honestly. Yeah. So I don't know, but it, it's going to be a great matchup regardless. Uh, I'm definitely excited about it. Let's jump forward. Uh, NL wildcard game Wednesday night is a much different animal. 8, 10 p.m. Eastern on TBS. We have the Cardinals, the hottest team in baseball in September, ran away and hid from the rest of the NL wildcard competitors to get up uh, to 90 wins or near 90 wins. And they're going to be facing a team that's never been in this position before. The Dodgers had their string of eight straight NL West titles snapped by the Giants. Dodgers are minus 225 favorites, as everyone would expect. The Cardinals are at plus 180. The total is seven and a half. We've got 40-year-old Adam Wainwright on the mound after just an amazing season, his best in seven years against Walker Bueller, Cy Young candidate. BJ, I'm going to go back to you once again. How do you bet a game like this with such a huge difference in odds. <laughs> it, it's Scherzer on the mound right now, Bueller. Scherzer. Correct. Yes. Okay. Thank I just wanted to make sure I had that correct. <laughs> I, I've missed these things before. Anyway, so it's interesting. So I like the Dodgers for the first five innings, uh, minus half a run and minus 134. I think there's significant uh, edges for the Dodgers. If you look at this from a whole season perspective, obviously the Cardinals have been incredibly hot over the second half, but you know, the Cardinals, 
they don't hit right-handed pitching that well overall for the season. I mean, 305 weighted on base average, which is 17th in Major League Baseball. They really, a lot of their success has come against left-handed pitching, you know, the third in terms of weighted on base average for that. And also from a pitch mix perspective, I mean, Scherzer's mainly a fastball slider guy. The Cardinals overall for the season, you know, negative 15.5 run value against fastballs and a negative nine run value against sliders. But since the trade deadline, they have a combined plus 19 run value against those two pitches. So it's a very interesting thing to look at. I mean, it, you can ride the hot team and say, hey, I'm going to back Adam Wainwright. But overall, I mean, the Dodgers, from a talent perspective, have edges everywhere you look on the field. I mean, the Cardinals are obviously the best defensive team in baseball, but I really think that Scherzer has a significant edge over Wainwright in the first five innings here. You know, I have for the first five innings, I think I have the minus one and a half spread projected at about minus 147. So if you can get anything about minus 134 uh, or below, I think there's some good value on that. Overall for the game, I don't really project much value either way or on the over under. Um, It will be interesting to see if the Cardinals can remain hot, if their defense can continue to come through. And if honestly, if their bullpen can remain red hot because they were horrible in the first half of the season. I mean, I think through the trade deadline, they had the worst ex-fip in baseball, and then they've just gotten incredibly hot in the month of September. So it'll be interesting to see which team shows up uh, on Wednesday night, if it's the red hot team or if it's a little bit of the team that underperformed in the first half. Yeah, I think the first five innings is a really interesting play here because I just really don't see a way that you bet against Scherzer in a winner take all game, but also obviously the odds are so huge for the Dodgers full game. And also you're looking at a manager who's also undergone a lot of scrutiny for his in-game decision-making in the postseason specifically. Dave Roberts obviously won a world series last year, but he hasn't always pulled the right strings in the playoffs. They have Kenley Jansen at full strength right now. He was absolutely dominant in the second half of the season, far cry from where he was going into the playoffs last year when they ultimately won the World Series. But that's what's going to be interesting. I think Scherzer obviously has the edge over Wainwright, but I just keep coming back to the managers and winner-take-all games. Zerillo, what do you think? Yeah, no bet on this game for me yet. Uh, Projected the total at 7.5, that's where it is. The money line for the Cardinals is starting to tick up a little bit. I see it's over 200 at a couple shops, so anything at 210 or better, I would probably have to jump in. On the Cardinals, but mostly I'm just rooting for chaos here. We didn't get our chaos in the final week of the regular season. Like it all seemed we were destined for, and it was very disappointing. But having futures on other teams in the NL, this is where we create the chaos because the Dodgers, even having to play this, it's an extra round, even though it's one game, it is still an extra round that gets multiplied by their probability of winning each series. They're still my projected World Series favorite. And that was very surprising to me before I did the numbers. They're the second favorite to win the NL pennant behind the Brewers, a couple of percentage points behind. But I have them a bit of the head of the Brewers in World Series projections. And obviously, if they win this game, they'll jump up substantially in both. But in the AO, there's about a one and a half percentage point difference between the three division winners right now. And no matter who qualifies between the Red Sox and the Yankees, the split from top to bottom, I mean, you basically give everybody a quarter of the pie uh, and we just see what happens. But the Dodgers are the clear front runner at this point. Um, and this, this is the opportunity for the upset to happen is in this single elimination game. Mike Schultz has been very aggressive with this bullpen all season. Uh, I mark relievers as tired or rested on a daily basis. And I marked three out of four of Gallegos, uh, Reyes, 
Cabrera. I'm forgetting the fourth guy, but literally every day, three out of four of those guys were tired. I can't believe they made it to the finish line and got better in the second half after getting so much usage early in the season, but they made it here. Uh, and they just have to do it in one game and pull it off. So let's go Cardinals. Maybe I'll have a bet on them. Maybe not. But if they can pull the upset, it definitely opens up the path for other futures. Yeah, with 22 games remaining in the season, the Cardinals needed to go 17 and five to hit their win total over this season. And they hit it with five games remaining in the season. So that just tells you how hot that team got. I know you guys are shaking your heads. We can get into that a little bit later, but let's jump ahead. We do have two division series with matchups that have been set in the ALDS, a matchup that's very near and dear to my heart, White Sox Astros. White Sox, White Sox. The last time the White Sox won a playoff series, it was in Minute Maid Park. It was in game four of the 2005 World Series. It is a moment I personally will never forget. The White Sox are entering this series as slight underdogs, plus 105 to the Astros, minus 125. The Astros have home field advantage. Both teams have been excellent at home this year. Two of the better home records in baseball this year, I believe. Close matchup, tough matchup. The winner's going to get an AL East team in the ALCS. That's all we know. BJ, where are you looking in White Sox Astros? I, it's kind of a no play for me. I think this is a really, honestly, really even matchup across the board. I mean, if you really dig into some of the numbers, I mean, the Red, the uh, Astros and the White Sox bullpens have been pretty much even over the second since the trade deadline offensively, they've both been pretty even slight edge to the Astros. Um, and then basically we'll just come down to starting pitching where I do think the white Sox have a little bit of an advantage. Obviously uh, the Astros, once they got Framber Valdez healthy, you know, him along with McCullers uh, and Luis Garcia, I mean, it's been a fantastic rotation, but once we get down to that fourth starter, that's going to be an interesting match. If it's Dylan Cease versus Jose or Kitty, I mean, I give Cease the, um, the edge there, but I don't think that there's really much value in betting other team. If you had, if I had to pick one, I'd probably bet the white Sox. but the starting pitching matchups are incredibly even every single one. It's going to be one of those. That I think I'm just going to be betting on an individual game basis, uh, depending on the odds. I know the white Sox are, I believe plus 140 uh, in the first game. I'm not sure who the projected starters are in those, but I think that this series is one that I'll just be betting on an individual game basis and kind of hold off uh, on the series price overall. It's funny you mentioned the starting pitchers, and obviously they are phenomenal starting pitching matchups. And the funny thing is, is that we have two AL former AL or two former Cy Young winners on both teams in Zach Greinke and Dallas Keuchel. Neither of them are even going to be in the rotation. They've been bad. Greinke's been hurt. It sounds like he might be available in long relief. We don't know what the White Sox are going to do with Keuchel. But we've been talking so much about pitching when these are two of the three or four best offenses in baseball. The White Sox stayed up there despite missing Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal for long stretches. The Astros have been world beaters just as they have been the last four or five years overs pretty much all series long because as good as these pitchers are a lot of them are worn out um you know lance lynn and lucas giolito coming coming back from minor injuries we don't know about carlos rodan um so i'm going to be looking at overs i think the the game one total right now is eight we're talking series price though zarillo where do you have this matchup yeah you guys said it'd be a really close series i have every game in this series projected between 51 and 54% on either side. So, I mean, coin five coin flips, basically. Um, 
have Astros futures mentioned the Yankees and Rays have their futures too. the White Sox are the one team that has terrified me, but we will get to them in a minute because I think that there's time to buy in now, but even for the series, I was surprised. I had the Astros rated as a better team, but I think it's because all the right-handed pitching for the White Sox actually make them slight favorites in this series, have them as slightly bigger favorites at home, set her closer to 53% than I make for the Astros in their home games, closer to 51%. So slightly in 50.5% here to Chicago. Series price was up around plus 120 around the market when I looked. I would definitely jump in on that. I think that's a plus EV play regardless of whatever future positions you have. And I think they're just improving just because they've gotten everybody healthy back in time for the playoffs. You would be able to tell better than me, Colin. This might be the healthiest they've been all season. Play Lewis Robert is playing. They're really dangerous because this kid is playing like one of the best players in baseball. He's hitting 350 with a 1,000 OPS and at 173 WRC plus since he came back in early August. I mean, what else do you want? That is what we expected from a guy like Byron Buxton when he eventually hit his ceiling. Similar type of player with the ability to play both ways. The one major concern for Chicago is defense. They, they finished well into the negative and defensive run save this season, but they kind of shed a lot of those problems. It was guys like Zach Collins, who was replacing Yasmani Grandal, having to put people like Gavin Sheets in the field, Andrew Vaughn playing around the diamond a little bit. So they got dinged in terms of defensive runs for guys who aren't necessarily still contributing to the team and going to be a regular part of the lineup in the playoffs. The one hole to look out for defensively is Cesar Hernandez, but I definitely think his bat brings a little bit of dimension to the lineup as well. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny you say that too, because I believe Hernandez won the the AL Gold Glove last year. Not that Gold Gloves mean a whole lot it's anymore. It's his first especially. season in a while where he's kind of been bad, but yeah, yes. I'm not sure what, what's going into that number, but he's the only current player that stands out. Yeah, and this is the healthiest they've been all season. You're right. They even got a couple of their uh, kind of less integral bullpen pieces back. Ryan Tapera came off the IL right at the end of the season there. And and the bullpen is an interesting question mark, too, because Craig Kimbrell's been very bad since they acquired him from the Cubs at the trade deadline. But you're still looking at Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks at the back of the bullpen, who, if they perform as they're expected, it, you know, you don't get any better than that. Even even in New York with, you know, Chad Green and Aroldis Chapman, you just don't get any better than Hendricks and Kimbrell. Hendricks had, a, I believe, a zero ERA in the month of September. If it wasn't zero, it was zero point something. So, I mean, that's that's a perfect transition though, because we're going to talk. Uh, well, we're going to talk AL pennant prices here in a little bit, but let's jump over to the other NLDS series that has been set: Braves Brewers. Probably the division series I'm most interested in, if only because. These two teams are very evenly matched. I think the pitching matchups are are underrated. I, everyone knows about the Brewers trio, but the Braves trio of Max Fried, Ian Anderson, and Charlie Morton is phenomenally underrated. And whoever gets out of this matchup is going to get either the Giants, Dodgers, or Cardinals that just went through an absolute gauntlet to get there. Braves and Brewers futures are interesting, but for this matchup, the Brewers are it was kind of surprising to me to see the Brewers as high as minus 140 favorites. We have the Braves at plus 115. We'll go back to BJ. Um, what do you what do you like in, in Braves Brewers? I do like the Braves, like you mentioned. I mean, there are some concerning things for the Brewers that happened over the second half of the season. I mean, obviously, 
you know, we've just been uh, riding Zerillo's coattails with the Brewers all season long, but <laughs> there, there are a lot of concerns, especially with their bullpen. Now, Devin Williams is going to be out, obviously their second best reliever, but since the trade deadline, the Brewers 24th in ERA, 24th in walk per nine rate, 22nd and left on base percentage. And their offense is honestly really concerning as well. I mean, of the teams in the playoffs, I think they might have the worst offense over the second half of the season, 18th and weighted on base average, 22nd and weighted runs created plus they're 28th against fastballs. And they're going to see a heavy dose of them uh, in this series against the Braves. Um, I really do like the Braves in this one. I, I know they've had injuries over the second half of the season, but they do have a better offense. Their bullpen hasn't been that great over the second half, but it's, been a little better than the Brewers and basically then it will come down to the starting pitching matchup and can the Brewers three starters overtake this entire series. And that's a big question mark for me right now. Obviously the Brewers have Josh Hader, but outside of him, there's really not much else now that Williams is gone. So I really do like uh, the Braves in this series. I mean, even though Acuna went down, Adam Duvall looks like, I don't know, maybe the best power hitter in baseball in the month of September. I think he hit like eight home runs. Uh, he led the NL in RBI. I couldn't yeah. believe that when I saw yeah. that. I know no one cares about RBI anymore. Un I certainly don't from a value standpoint, but he led the NL in RBI. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, so they still have good hitters all throughout their lineup. I mean, obviously, Freddie Freeman's still one of the best hitters in baseball. So I think there is some value on the Braves in this series uh, to take down the Brewers, but um, yeah, it, it will really just come down to can the Brewers three starters really just take over the series? Yeah, these are, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, Zerillo, but these are, I believe, the two worst offenses in the playoffs, at least if you're looking at weighted runs created, plus the Cardinals might be down there with them, but in looking at the numbers, I believe the Braves are closer to league average, maybe even slightly above league average since the All-Star break-ish. Um, so that brings you know, that just shows how bad they were in the first half, if nothing else. Um, I do think they're, you know, the Braves are insanely underrated uh, in postseason futures, I feel like, in a yearly basis, but they also routinely underwhelm in the playoffs on a regular basis. So where do you have this? Do you do you also think there's value on the Braves here? Or are you siding with the Brewers who you rode all season long? I think you said there was a plus one. Did you say a plus 140 out there on St. or on uh, Atlanta? Uh, I have plus 115 and minus 140. Yeah, that's that's probably about right. I had Milwaukee at 53%, um, so I, I didn't play into that series yet. The key matchups are the the likely Corbin Burns, Max Reed starts, because um, that's where I give Milwaukee the biggest advantage is in Burns start. I have them at 60% in game two. So they, they need to win those games. Otherwise, it's definitely a coin flip, if not favoring Atlanta at that point. Um yeah, Freddie Peralta has been pretty bad in the – well, not not bad as bad as too strong of a word. He struggled a little bit in the second half. He left a few starts early. I do think those pitching matchups are going to be interesting, though. I don't know if we're even for sure if we're going to get Burns freed. It might be Burns Morton, right? And and where would you have that? Does that, does that change anything for you? It doesn't because it's within the same series. So that the offensive matchups just kind of play out the same and the percentages adjust, you know across those two games, as long as they're both home starts, basically. Um, so it wouldn't move it much, if at all. But Atlanta, you, you were mentioning their offense. They they have been better in the second half. Um, the bottom three said Atlanta, St. Louis, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee's 9% below league average. Atlanta was 2% uh, below in the second half. Their pitching was top five in baseball, and it was mostly driven by their starters. Still have concerns about their bullpen. 
if it goes to game four and they decide to do the Hawaskar Noah thing, I don't necessarily know how that's going to go. I still think he's a long-term bullpen piece, uh, just a two-pitch guy, an elite second pitch with his slider. But once you sit on that slider, he has nothing else. And if he, if he can't command it, he's not going to do anything with it. So how hard are the Brewers willing to push these starters? Do they, do they not go to an Adrian Hauser in game four? Do they just kind of do what the Nationals did and try to ride three guys all the way to the World Series? That's very possible. So that would certainly inflate their projection a little bit uh, if, if they're willing to do that. I don't think Atlanta is willing to do that with their three guys, especially having just re-signed Morton and giving all the pitcher and injuries they had. I don't know if they're going to overextend guys this year to potentially sacrifice next year too. So this is the Brewers window. I wouldn't be surprised if they just leaned into it like the Nationals did and just run the same three guys out every five days or four days. But uh, yeah, no, no play on this series for me yet. Um we will talk about Atlanta a little bit in a moment, though. I think if Wasker, you know, uh, makes a start for the Braves, the only bet I'm going to make is on him to hit a dinger because the dude, the dude can rake. Uh, I think it was before he became a thing. There was, I, I believe, it was Corbin Burns hit a homer off of uh, Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs a few years ago, or was it Woodruff? I, I I might be mixing the two up, but I know a Brewers pitcher hit a homer off Kershaw a few years ago. So yeah, yeah, you you know, a taking uh, Peralta or whoever he faces deep, that's going to be on my agenda. Um, Okay. So those are the matchups we know about the most intriguing matchups to me though, are, are those, those long-term futures. A lot of people have been sitting on long-term futures for six months. Now you have an opportunity to throw some more money down on futures. We're going to talk pennant odds and we're going to talk world series odds. Let's start in the American League, where the three teams that aren't in the wild card game are very closely bunched. The Astros are slight favorites, plus 225 over the Rays, 275. The White Sox, plus 300. And then you have your two AL wild card teams, the Yankees at plus 550, Red Sox, plus 600. Is there value on any of these teams, BJ? Yes, I think that there is value on the Red Sox now as the long shot at plus 600. It, the reality is the Red Sox are a long shot for a reason is because their bullpen has just been atrocious. Like that's, the, that's basically the reason. And their offense also is way down there in, in terms of defensive run save. But they, like I've said before, they have a fantastic offense. They have a killer uh, two through five in their lineup. They don't really have any weaknesses from a pitch value standpoint. They have a positive run value against every single pitch type in their top three against uh, changeups, curveballs, and sliders. And honestly, I have some question marks with the Rays starting rotation right now. Obviously, Shane Boz is up here, but the rest of their starters, Ryan Yarbrough, Shane McClanahan, Michael Waka, Drew Rasmussen, I, I really question what the Rays are going to do. Are they just going to completely lean on their bullpen throughout the entire playoffs and only you know give those guys a really short leash? Because... You know, the Red Sox can hit all of those guys that I just mentioned outside of, uh, you know, Shane Baz has only made, you know, three starts in the majors. The other four guys have an XERA either close to four or over four. And the Red Sox top three starters, you know, Sale, uh, Uvalde, and Eduardo Rodriguez all have XERA and XFIPs around either three and a half or below. So you give this Red Sox an edge from a starting pitching perspective. Now the bullpen edge is a very large gap between the Rays and the Red Sox, but you know, a lot of the race success also has come against right-handed pitching and two of the top, uh, the Red Sox top three starters are lefties. You know, the Rays are 14th and uh, weighted runs created plus, or sorry, weighted on base average against left-handed pitching. So 
like Sean mentioned, I think the Red Sox have a much better chance than the Yankees do of upsetting the Rays. And then, you know, you get to the ALCS and basically, you know, they'll be underdogs again to the White Sox or the Astros. But the Red Sox do have three really good starters. They have an amazing offense that really doesn't have uh, a lot of weaknesses and they can hit both uh, left and right handed pitching. The question mark will just be down to their bullpen. So that obviously scares me. But then again, you're getting good. I think you're getting good value on them uh, at plus 600 to win the AL. Well, the Nationals proved two years ago that you can win a World Series with a terrible bullpen, although the Nationals had Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg in their rotation. So that was a little different. It's terrifying and it's very difficult for me to bet a long-term future on a team that's about to play a winner take all game. I understand the value there, but that's, that, that's a really tough sell for me. Zerillo, are you looking at one of those long shots too, or, or where do you see value in the pennant? So I have futures that I've given out throughout the year, uh, Astros preseason Rays and Yankees in season. And I don't disagree with BJ. I think the Red Sox with the way their pitching is coming together with sale coming back. If they do get past the wild card game, they will probably go as far as sales able to take them on top of Evaldi and Rodriguez. But the team who I think offers value is the White Sox. I projected their pennant odds at 280. Uh, so compared to that line at MGM at plus 300, there's about a percent, percent and a half of value there. You know, it's, they kind of have the same deal with a starter that could put him over the top with Rodon, but it's really a question of health for him. And frankly, I'm not that concerned because the way I've always looked at guys like Garrett Crochet and uh, Michael Kopech are just bulletproof playoff firemen who are going to come in in the middle of a game and give you two lockdown innings each and present completely different looks while throwing flames at you. And when you look at the balance between the White Sox rotation and bullpen, my only concern is how Tony Garusa deploys people. And we know that that can definitely be a question mark. It's going to be worry whether you want it to be or not, just because of everything that comes with him. But the White Sox are certainly built to be better in the playoffs than they're in the postseason with the way their roster is sort of top loaded with talent. Uh, so I definitely think the White Sox offer value from a pennant perspective. I'm just thinking about how to play it personally because I have a chance to have futures on all four of these teams. Do I go for potentially a pennant future to, you know, neutralize the risk that I have on my other three wagers, or do I go with the world series future and just hope the best team with the longest odds gets through. So still milling over those decisions, but uh white Sox would definitely be the one of the three teams I think offer pennant value, but the only team in the AL. Yeah. Kopech is, is definitely a huge X factor. You mentioned him in crochet. Um, LaRusse's usage will be a question mark, but he could 100% be an Andrew Miller-esque arm. Um, comes out there and just breathes fire for however many times they need him to. Um, probably going to be in the starting rotation next year, but obviously a, a huge a huge asset for them out of that bullpen. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. 
Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Let's jump over to the National League. Um, Things are a little bit more spread out there. The Giants I mentioned uh, held off the Dodgers in an all-time battle between 200 and 506 plus win teams. And they're still sitting behind the Dodgers in the odds. The Dodgers are plus 200, Giants plus 250. Brewers are plus 325, Braves plus 500, and then the Cardinals all the way down at plus 1,000. I'd be curious if we've ever seen a playoff team in the in the 10-team format who opened the playoffs as high as the Cardinals plus 1,000. BJ, what are you looking at in the National League? Well, I'll be honest. I, I love the Giants. I think their odds right now may be a little too low. Uh, as far as NL pennant is concerned, we've already kind of touched on the Braves uh, at five to one. I think that probably offers the most value right now. You know, we've already went through it. They do have three good starters. They have a good offense. Their bullpen is a little bit of a question mark right now. But, you know, the, the thing about for me is especially with the Giants is I think they're still throughout the season. I mean, I think they've, you know, you've had your chance basically with the giants all throughout the season, you know, to basically get in on them, whether it be, you know, pennant futures or world series odds. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where they're probably going to play the Dodgers in the next round. So it becomes a interesting thought experiment of, okay, what is the giants uh, series odds going to be against the Dodgers? Is it going to be more than plus two fifty, or is it going to be less? I think it's probably going to be far less than plus two fifty. I'm sure the Dodgers will probably be, over minus 200. And then when we get, if the giants do get past the Dodgers and we get to a series versus the Brewers uh, or the Braves, the giants are going to have significant edges over both of those teams. And they're probably going to be pretty good favorites. So the question now is, do you buy in on the giants at plus 250 and basically use that as a series price against the Dodgers, assuming obviously the Dodgers uh, beat the Cardinals and then hedge out when, you know, you basically get to the next round when they're favorites or do you go? Do you go another route and take the Braves at five to one? I kind of like taking the Giants at plus two fifty again, just from a straight like, you know, value to win. I don't think there's much value on it, but through that thought experiment of there, it's probably going to be better odds than what their series price against the Dodgers is going to be, and then you also have a chance to hedge in the NLCS. I do think that that's maybe worth a bet right now, but. Again, I mean, the Dodgers obviously are the favorites for a reason. You also have the chance with with that bet of if the Cardinals somehow upset the Dodgers, well, then you're sitting in a fantastic place because if the Cardinals somehow win, those futures odds for the Giants, I mean, they might be minus 110 probably or somewhere close to even money uh, to win the NL through the four teams. So, um, yeah, for me right now, I'll go Giants at plus 250 and also Braves at plus 500. 
Yeah, the Giants are amazing to me. They're the least talked about 107 win team in baseball history. Um, I think that there was a short while there in like August where they jumped the Dodgers in NL West odds. But up until like the last five days of the season, the Dodgers were still favored to win the win the NL West. And and it's it's hard to blame them. I mean, Zarillo, you talked about how you still make the Dodgers World Series favorites, despite the fact that they have to play a winner take all game. But the Giants are sitting there and and yeah, you you had like you mentioned, BJ, you you've had multiple opportunities to buy in on the Giants at good odds all season long. Um, Zarilla, you already mentioned the Dodgers are our favorites, but is there value on any of the other four teams? Yeah, just for context, I would make the Dodgers about 57% against the Giants in a series if they win the wildcard game, and then closer to uh, 60% against a lot of these teams. So they're they're pretty tough to overcome with that rotation that they have going. So there's, there's two teams in the NL that technically offer pennant value right now, but looking at the the market holds on that, and it's going to be a big difference whether the Dodgers and Cardinals win, but there's about a 10% hold in that market, meaning they're giving you odds that imply that these teams win 110% of the time, but in reality, you can only project that to 100%. And nine negative 9% of that is on the Dodgers line. Uh, I have that projected closer to plus 325 before they play this wild card game. It'll obviously shorten closer to what I think the odds are now. If not lower, I, I would have it at about plus one eighty to win the pennant if they end up winning the wild card game. So technically, is there there's value on the Braves and the Brewers, but I, I think it's somewhat artificial. I wouldn't play this before the wild card game. The White Sox, I think you can go ahead and play now, uh, just because I don't really see the result of the wild card game impacting my projection much. But this projection will change substantially depending on if the Dodgers win or not. I mean, if you're you're willing to take a shot somewhat against the the Dodgers in this wild card game, consider an NL pennant feature on the Brewers or the Braves. That that might be a better way to play it than playing this game straight up, because I think they are the two best teams in the National League besides the Dodgers. Uh, I would put the Giants behind them, with all due respect to what they everything have done this year. But yeah, I, I would make the lines respectively closer to about plus two eighty for the Brewers and plus three eighty for the Braves. So at, at plus three hundred, plus four fifty, those would be the value plays for me. Yeah, it's 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 hard to find value on the Dodgers. Period. It has been since the odds came out. You know, eleven months ago, when as soon as the uh, the parade ended for their twenty twenty World Series title. Um, speaking of World Series titles, that's the most interesting play here. I'm going to throw something at you guys. And you're going to call me crazy or you're not, but I am all over the Tampa Bay Rays World Series future. I think it's insane. This team, first of all, we saw them make the World Series last year. BJ, you talked about the rotation concerns. They don't have Tyler Glass now anymore. This is still a team that won 100 games and ran away with a division that had four teams win 91 or more games. There's never been a division like that in the history of baseball. Kevin Cash or the race front office, probably more than likely pulls all the right strings. They have a, a deep pitching staff. They're going to throw openers out there, out at you. They're going to do everything in their power. And we're looking at them at plus six fifty, plus seven fifty, for the giants to be ahead of them, for the Astros to be that far ahead of them to me is just absurd. Give me raise plus six fifty to plus seven fifty range all day. BJ, am I crazy? No, not at all. Uh, I mean, since the trade deadline, the Rays have the best way to run created plus in Major League Baseball. Their offense is unbelievable. What, what really what the Rays struggled with early on in the season, they couldn't really hit breaking pitches. Since the trade deadline, I mean, they are incredible against both fastballs and sliders, you know, plus 
plus 8.4 run value against fastballs, plus 3.6 run value against sliders, which is a big uptick from where they were in the first part of the season. Obviously those, you know, the guys in the rotation do concern me, but their bullpen, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, they're probably going to ride it throughout most of the season, you know, top five in both ERA and XFIP, you know, second best walk per nine rate, fourth best left on base percentage. It's a really good bullpen. The question marks now are just how do they manage it? Can they get to a point where they can get some of these starters to go five, six innings and give them a chance uh, to rest their bullpen a little bit? Or is it a situation where their starters have an incredibly short leash and any sign of danger, they're just turning it over to the bullpen immediately. So those are the question marks surrounding the Rays, but it's a team that really doesn't have a lot of weaknesses outside of their starting rotation. So yeah, I I honestly do think there is value at plus 650. There is value, but is that your value play? No, I, I like, I mean, I already mentioned, I like the Red Sox at 14 to one. I, I just think that they have a good matchup against the Rays if they can get past the AL wild card, and then you can get to the ALCS. You have a chance, a good chance to hedge uh, against the White Sox or the Astros. You know, I've already mentioned it. Their offense is incredible. It's basically, you know, the bullpen was good over the first half of the season, and then it just completely fell off in the second half. So if they can find some of that, if Matt Barnes and Ottavino can get back to their form over the first half of the season, I the Red Sox do have a chance with the three starters and their uh, lineup. Uh, the question there are, you know, obviously advantages for all the other teams, but I, that's my, my value play is the Red Sox at 14 to one. One of my favorite things to do to kind of expand upon world series futures is play world series matchups where you can find even better odds, which is also very tough to hit for good reasons. So I'm jumping on my raised love with a raised brewers matchup at plus 1600 and a raised braves matchup at plus 2200, which, you know, major league baseball will just love those two markets in the world series. <laughs> um, Zarilla, you teased a little bit, uh, some white Sox love. Um, is that where you're going with your, with your world series future? I just want to add more love onto your, your race thing. So I, I have the projected plus 675. So I don't love that plus 650, but if you could get plus 700, plus 750, I would absolutely add a future on the race though. Uh, recommended the mid season because I saw what they were doing. They were bringing kids along slowly while they were letting all the veterans just grind out playing time. Added Nelson Cruz, Jordan Lupo at the play, trade deadline so They can hit lefties really well now. I love everything about this Rays team. This is probably the best iteration of the Rays we've seen, which sounds strange given the names that they have in that rotation, but we've seen what Kevin Cash does in the playoffs. He uses the bullpen like a Hydra. It's a different arm angle every inning, never giving the hitters the same looks. I don't care about the metrics when you're doing what they're doing. They're going to create different looks and things you're not used to at the plate. It's more than just looking at stats. The Rays seem to defy expectations every year. We failed to properly account for it. And at some point we're going to learn. So if this team doesn't win a world series in the next three to five years, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. And I think they're just now only starting to hit the peak of whatever this rain is going to be. So all over the rays. Absolutely. Uh, I, I talked about the three teams that I think offer pennant value. They're the same teams. I would project with world series value, the brewers, the white Sox, the Braves, you can mix them up in some sort of matchup props. As you mentioned, I believe I played the White Sox and the Brewers at 17 to one, the White Sox with the Braves closer to 27 to one. Uh, I'll probably throw some Rays and Brewers together as well. But yeah, those are, those are the teams I'm looking at from a world series perspective right now. Just remember I mentioned with the NL teams, 
Probably going to see those odds adjust a little bit, though, if the Dodgers do win wild card matchup. Yeah, that the thing about the playoffs that I love so much is, you know, we have we've been talking about the Rays. We had Randy Rosarina last year. Randy Rosarina blew up in the 2020 postseason, and he's probably going to win the AL Rookie of the Year this year. Um, but the only reason he's probably going to win AL Rookie of the Year is because Wander Franco came up so late because uh, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. The Rays have the best farm system in baseball by a mile. And and like you mentioned, they're only starting to call these guys up. We've got Franco this year. We got Baz at the very end of this year. A little Vidal, you know, Ruhan. Yeah. They've, there's I mean, other guys. There's, there's guys ranked like 15th in their system who would be number one in, in probably five or 10 other systems across baseball. Is there, I mentioned to Rose Arena though, because I'm going to throw something at you guys that wasn't necessarily on the agenda. Is there someone on one of these teams, an under the radar guy who could blow up and have an a Rose Arena esque impact on their team's pennant run? I mean, you, you know, I'm going to say Shane Boz. I'm so high on this kid, Colin. I, I like, it wouldn't be appropriate for them to start him in game one of a playoff series, but I've watched pretty much all of the Rays games this year and he's their best pitcher. I'm, I'm happy to say it. He's their best pitcher. It's, it's a lot don't like get this combination of stuff and command at this age. Um, I've made the copy for that. The physicals aren't the same because he's a little smaller, but it's like when Mark Pryor first came up for the Cubs, he just, you knew he was going to contend for a Cy Young, like within a year of coming up. It could be it could be not dissimilar to what the Rays did in 2008 when when David Price came up at the end of the year. And and I believe he even got the final out in the ALCS um, that year as a rookie, went on to be a a Cy Young winner. BJ, breakout star. Anyone anyone come to mind? I mean, like off the top of my head, I mean, he's a guy who's been around for a while, but Hunter Renfro has been on fire for the Red Sox. I mean, he is hitting bombs left and right. And he's one of those guys outside of their main core in their lineup. He'll be near the bottom that I think could get hot and could become, you know, like uh, a Boston folktale, really. I mean, he's got a 344 weighted on base average for the season. He's incredibly strong too. I mean, the guy just has huge arms, but uh, you know, he's obviously a guy who's been around for a while, for a while, you know, obviously played for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, one more thing I want to mention on the Rays, you know, they obviously shipped off Diego Castillo in the middle of the season, but you know, the reason their bullpen has been so good is Andrew Kittredge has been unbelievable yeah. back in. He was out the entire year last year. So really, it's really funny because the Rays, what people thought gave away maybe their best reliever and they just filter in new guys. I mean, it is, it, it is crazy how the Rays can just take guys off the scrap heap and just turn them into incredible relievers. I mean, Jeffrey Springs is a good reliever this year. I mean, he was horrible for, for, uh, Rangers for so long. Um, it's, but, it's um, incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, Renfro could be uh, Renfro could be Boston's uh, Steve Pierce of twenty. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Colin, yes. can we show some love to Lamont Wade Jr. as well? I mean, I, I feel like every time I see this guy, and it, it kind of just goes with the Giants' whole aura. I feel like I'm tuning into some like ranked mid-major basketball program, and this is like their star <laughs> shooting guard. He just, he has the name that makes him sound like a college basketball player. He just kind of has those, we have all the mainstays from the Giants, the Posey, obviously Belter, but Brandon Crawford, you know, the guys who have been around, but Lamont Wade Jr. is just the new dimension. And he just seems to come up big every time I'm watching him on TV. Stolen from the Minnesota Twins, just completely heisted last February. Sean Anderson went to Minnesota for Lamont Wade Jr. It's incredible. I'm going to give you guys my name because the whole reason I asked the Rose Arena question 
mention this because I had a name and it's Gavin Sheets. Uh, has just been hitting bombs for the White Sox since coming up. He gives them a a rare uh, left-handed bat um, who can hit righties, which is, has been sorely missed. Uh, son, son of ex-major leaguer Larry Sheets. Gavin Sheets goes on a Randy Rosarina-esque stretch. We see him on the Fox studio show before game one of the World Series. It's all coming together now. I love it. Um, but we've got our best bets lined up. Uh, Zerillo's all over the White Sox, the Brewers, the Braves. BJ is all over the Red Sox and Braves, correct? Yes. Yep. Um, we've got two great wild card games to, to start us off. We'll see the odds move then. Um, but that'll do it for today's episode of the Action Network podcast. Um, be on the lookout tomorrow for a very special NHL season betting preview episode, along with our usual NFL Week 6 episode featuring Stucky and Chris Raybon and Strong Side Friday NFL episode with Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. On behalf of BJ, Cunningham and Sean Zarillo. Enjoy the MLB playoffs, everyone. 